I, I faced him a few times, and he 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 frustrates me. <laughs> I think that was the intent. Yeah. Howdy, folks. Craig here. Another Arcanist deep dive. This time we've got Doug Broman from the Steam Power Scoundrels podcast, who has really just uh, put a ton of time into playing Tony. I think that you're going to find um, when this is over that Tony might be a little bit better than you thought she was. I think that the crew has a lot of play. I mean, I was very impressed with how thorough uh, Doug was going through model by model where each model can fit inside of a Tony crew, depending on the situation, depending on the scheme pool, depending on your opponent. It's pretty obvious that Doug has gotten a lot of games in with Tony Ironsides and he doesn't hold back and uh, he shares everything. Most importantly, at the end, he shares some good ways to counter her. Enjoy. Playing a tabletop strategy game allows you to unplug and test your skills against friends. Every week, Third Floor Wars delivers useful strategies, discussions, battle reports, and reviews to tabletop games like Malifaux. If you want to get better at the games you already play or discover the games other people are playing, you are in the right place. Craig and Ray welcome you to the Third Floor and the Tabletop Talk Broadcast. Craig here on the third floor. Today we're going to do a deep dive into the Arcanist Master Tony Ironsides and how the M&SU crew works in Malifaux 3rd Edition. Now, she's now the leader of the Union, so let's find out if her new station in the fluff actually translates to power on the table. So my guest today is Doug Broman. Now, Doug is an active contributor on A Weird Place, and he puts out what I consider one of the better uh, podcasts about Malifaux, the Steam-Powered Scoundrels. Uh, so you probably have heard his voice before, and if you're not already subscribe to that podcast uh we'll have links in the show notes you get a, you need to fix that problem uh doug and the uh group of people that you have on there have a ton of fun with that uh with that with that broadcast and uh they drop some pretty neat uh little bits of knowledge in there uh in between all the laughs and good times uh and doug of course plays out of the central conference so doug welcome to the third floor hey thanks to having me on craig so doug uh the first thing i always like to find out about a new guest is kind of how you got into miniature gaming and of course how you found Malifaux. Okay, well, this is going to be a little bit different than all the other ones you've had on the show, I believe, so far. I actually got into a game called Hero Clicks way back, at, right as I soon got out of college around 2011. And I played that for a few years, and uh, I finally kind of got bored with it, and I couldn't keep up with paying for the minis. It has sort of a sort of a scheme like card games do, where there's a blind rarity and whatnot. So yeah. after that, I try and to get into 40k for a bit um it wasn't really something i was happy to also pay into at the time and then actually my wife uh found out about malifaux when she was perusing our local uh game store and she came to me just you know stars in her eyes just absolutely loving the fluff and all the models behind it and the few models behind it so i got into it as well and so after that, went down to my local store, uh, perused the boxes, and uh, discovered Tony Ironsides, of all things. And ever since that, I've just been in love with her. 
Yeah, she's. I've always thought that, uh, despite being, you know, Arcanist, and that's a whole other problem that I have. But <laughs> I've always thought she was really one one of the cooler masters in the group. And yeah, it's funny. I man, I came so close to playing Hero Click several times. Um, and probably the biggest thing that was drawing me in is uh, I love the idea of having you know superhero minis. Um, you know, because I know they had they had both they had both Marvel and DC at one point, didn't they? Yeah. I think we yeah. still did. And uh, I, luckily I avoided it because I've heard it can be a, a bit of a money sink rabbit hole. Um, but I got to tell you, and I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, apparently the guys from Privateer Press, um, they left or some of the key people at Privateer Press left and they put together uh, a new uh, game for Marvel uh, that's coming out. I think it's on pre-order right now. Uh, I think it's oh, Chris, I, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's Crisis or something like that. Um, but they were demoing it. Uh, those guys were at uh, Nova and I had a chance to talk to them about it. And it, it's a clever little game. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see whether I can resist. Um, I, have you seen uh, any of the models for it or anything about it yet? Um, I've heard a few things. Um, I've been trying to avoid the whole comic book thing because I get, got really into comic books too. And yeah. uh, it can be a bit, also a bit of a money sink, but I still love, uh, the universe and just the idea of comics. If you couldn't tell I'm a bit of a bombastic person and just really fits my personality. Um, yeah, if, if it turns out to be a really fun game, I would definitely be willing to give it a try. Yeah, I, I think there's probably zero chance I'm going to avoid buying the core box um, just because there there was some really – it was also nice to talk to the designers at Nova. Um, and there's some pretty interesting mechanics in there. There's some catch-up mechanisms in there that are really interesting. And, uh, well, you know, you get, to, you get to do – you know, you can be Captain Marvel. You can be uh, – you know, Red Skull is in there and stuff. And, and uh, they had a, a gorgeous – like demo table with that was like a subway and you could pick up the subway trains. It was, it was pretty cool. But uh, anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Let's talk about uh, Malifaux. So uh, what I'm going to try to do with you, Doug, is I, I really want to kind of dig in and, and understand um, really what Tony Ironsides is, is doing in third edition. Um, I know she's similar um, but different than she was in two. Um, and from my understanding, she's a lot more competitive now than she was in two. So um, let's start off and pretend that uh, people listening have never, never saw her in two, have never played her in three. Can we get kind of an idea of what type of master Tony Ironsides is? Tony Ironsides is basically the closest thing the Arcanists have to a straightforward beater. Uh, she's definitely not straightforward, but uh, she's the one that's going to get into the opponent as fast as possible and throw as many punches as she can, while the rest of her crew also just slams into them all at once. So while she's handing out punches, she's also controlling the opponent by dragging them into her into her uh, against their will and uh, just locking down as much of the board and as many models as she possibly can, as well as sort of her crew operates as an, in a uh, bubble style. So there's a lot of auras that you're bringing to the table to make things very, very difficult for your opponent to bring your models down. So she's definitely a puncher, right? So she, she's definitely a beater, but what really makes her unique is that lockdown aspect that you just talked about. And, uh, I don't know. I can't remember when it was. It was soon right after beta. Uh, one of our locals here, John, is a phenomenal uh, Arcanist player and actually a decent human being, which is rare combo. Um, <laughs> and uh, boy, he, I, that's the first time I went up against Tony. And uh, 
I made a huge mistake. I was like, you know what? You know, she's got all this defensive tech. I'm just going to take McMorning. I'm going to bring McMorning in and just take Tony out of the game and I'm going to win this. And that's not what happened. Um, uh, me bringing uh, McMorning into her uh, bubble of death was exactly uh, what uh, John was hoping for. Um, so can we talk a little bit more, uh, Doug, about because the bubble is a big deal. Um, so let's talk about what, just what a sink that is. Okay, so Ironsides herself doesn't generate a lot of the stuff from the bubble. She's kind of the in-your-face model that's just smacking your opponent around while the rest of the crew brings up a lot of the utility. One of her main mechanics is unionized, which says that if she's within three inches of another model with the unionized ability, she gains positive flips to her defense and her willpower. And that's not even on on, uh, opposed flips. It's any flips for those stats which really drives up her uh, crew survivability. Now, she has three henchmen, which is kind of unique in the game, and each henchman brings their own special thing to the bubble, which keeps it a lot more uh, hardier. The the captain's kind of your anti-range, Amina's kind of your anti-charge, and Fitzsimmons is your armor, but that's not armor. Yeah, and, you know, I think the big thing to understand, too, is the lure, right? Yes, She's got a set seven lure, and it's it's not actually a lure. It's called Bring It. There are a couple models in the game that have it. Uh, it's against willpower. What it says is the model has to move its move plus two inches towards Ironsides, and it's not a push, so you can actually climb over walls this time. And then they have to take a melee attack against her. That's the key. Yes, and she loves getting attacked with melee attacks. My goodness. And what happens when I hit her? Oh, she hits you back for free. Actually, you don't even have to hit her. That's the best part. Uh, back in 2E, it was kind of a weird way to get that uh, that punch back to work, but they really fixed it this time. So it just says that after resolving, the model takes 2, 3, 5 damage, as well as giving you an adrenaline token, which we can probably talk about later, which is very, very important to her. Yeah, and I think the key now, and this was a, a really uh, a monumental shift from two, is that she's not actually attacking you back to your point. So she mm-hmm. is just doing a damage flip against you. And if the fact that it's after resolving means that, you know, you can cheat to make sure that the melee attack doesn't land, um, even though you've got things in the crew that'll, uh, you know, help mitigate it if she does get hit um, and takes damage. But basically I take a swing. Let's say that you, you know, I'm, I miss the swing. Then I don't get to flip any more cards. You just hit me. You just, I I just take damage and it, it, um, it's, it's brutal. Oh, it's even more brutal because it doesn't really care about the result of the flip. It's just a straight card flip two, three, five. So you're a much better chance of getting that three or that five. Um, the one thing I guess we probably need to point out is that it's specifically a defensive trigger. Uh, on a tome, but that's built into her defense. So there are melee actions out there that don't target defense that will actually get around this. Right. And things that shut down uh, triggers, you know, will affect it too. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a damage flip. So um, even though she's doing a straight flip, you know, hard to wound um, would, would put it on a, on a negative. Um, but I, I can't emphasize enough the fact that this is, this is not her taking a swing. Um, so there's, there's not an opposed duel to figure out whether this damage flip happens. Um, it, it just happens. Um, so I think we have to talk about some of her signature stuff, um, which is, of course, I think probably the biggie is the, uh, the adrenaline mechanic. Can we talk about that? 
Oh, yeah. Adrenaline. This is basically giving her what she wants for doing what she wants to do anyways. Every time she makes an attack, she will get she can get an adrenaline. Every time she gets attacked, she can get an adrenaline. She When she activates, she gets adrenaline. And there are models, specifically her totem, and the crew that can give her adrenaline. And there's a couple of ways to kind of cheese that, too. But what you're doing with the adrenaline is... Well, for one, you can reduce damage uh, per token you discard down to zero. So it's really fun to get three damage to the face and then just say, nope, I take nothing. Yeah. And then you can also stack it onto your um, your regular punching attack with your brass knuckles to go up to a four, five, seven damage attack. Yeah, that's juicy. Yeah, that's that, that's brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> And last but not least, uh, for a bonus action, she can just toss two adrenaline tokens to uh, take another action or remove any condition she wants on herself. The the versatility um, that you have there, Doug, um, is significant because it it, it almost creates a toolbox so that she can she can use that adrenaline when she needs it for for why she needs it, depending on what the um, the board status is and and what the impending uh, priority is. or threat uh, might be. Um, we have to talk about, you know, you, you hinted at it. Let's, let's go through, uh, you know, everything that gives her adrenaline um, either through herself or maybe from some support from the crew. Okay. Well, we talked about the defensive trigger. So let's, let's start with that. If you can declare the defensive trigger, then you get an adrenaline token. Even if it's, you're being attacked by something that isn't a melee attack action. If it targets your defense, you're still getting an adrenaline token. She'll gain one for activating and an additional one for every model that is engaging her. So that can stack up, especially if she's bringing people in uh, to fight her. On yep. her brass knuckles, she has the trigger built in that says, hey, take adrenaline token for each tome in the duel. So you can you start off with one, you're guaranteed one, but you can also stack that to, I think you can do four if you bring the right models, which is absurd. Yeah. What, what's, what's the highest you've gotten her up to? Uh, Twelve. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You, you really want to be spending it, though. Yeah, I, I would imagine because you have so many ways to spend it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how she's giving getting adrenaline herself. Um, I, we mentioned the totem. Um, how's he giving her adrenaline? He's got a bonus action that'll just give her an adrenaline for, uh, I think, a five or higher. Check nice. Real quick. Um, also, if she happens to be below half health, then he, she gets another one. Hooray. Which she'll need, right? Um, uh, That helps with the durability. So let's transition into the durability. Um, Obviously, the reduction that she's getting uh, from that adrenaline has helped keeping her on the table. What else is keeping her on the table? Um, Well, you're probably going to have unionized up almost the entire game. So that's plus what's your defense and your willpower. Um, Surprisingly enough, that defensive trigger in and of itself is durability because people don't want to start attacking you after you're just going to destroy their models on their activation. Good point. And of course, she's bringing the henchman as well, which is going to stop models from uh, getting the attack off their charge or giving her uh, bulletproof or just giving her armor and uh, hard to wound. Yeah. And uh, how often is she seeing turn five? Um, Most of the time. Yeah. 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 I I couldn't kill her with McMorning (laughs) and anything that can stand, you know, three turns of McMorning. um, I, you might want to qualify that uh, as as something that's durable. Um, So let's talk. uh, Obviously we've got the punch. Um, Is there any other offense other than uh, the uh, pseudo lure and the punch? Um, Anything else she's reaching out and touching people with? That's it. But the lure you have to remember is 12 inches. So if she can see it, it's probably going to be able to come in. So good. 
<laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um, now, what kind of support is she giving the rest of the crew? Well, glad you asked. She has a tactical action called Intimidation, and this is glorious. It's a six-inch pulse. goes off if you've got a five or higher. And it says, hey, every enemy model within that pulse takes a target number 14 willpower duel, or they gain adversary MNSU, which is her keyword. And that is a very high target number. Well, not only that, but it's a six inch aura. I mean, that's like, that's 12, that's 12, 13 inches that, <laughs> that she's impacting. That's, that's amazing. It's, it's beautiful. Now, out of curiosity, Doug, with that being the case, um, obviously that encourages you to activate Tony early, right? So that the rest of the uh, MSNU can uh, come in and take advantage of that adversary because that'll be going off at the end of the turn. And did you find yourself activating her early or just only if, you know, this is going to give you uh, enough juice for the squeeze? I like to activate her early, but I don't feel like I need to do that. Uh-huh. She's quite survivable. I just activate her when she needs to. So if it ends up being early, then I pop out the intimidation. That's a good reason to activate her early. But you don't necessarily need to, especially it depends on what the rest of your crew is doing. If you want to be killing, then yes, you probably want to get this off uh, to make it a lot easier for the rest of your crew to do the killing. But if you're not concerned about that nearly as much, you don't have to do it. Well, and the other thing, too, I think that's important with her is that unlike a lot of other leaders or masters out there, um, you know, some, some masters, they activate and then when their activation's over, they're really not impacting the game, um, for the rest of that turn. Uh, that's not the case with her. Um, you, she's going to be impacting the game long after she, uh, uh, activates. So I, I would imagine Doug, that gives you, gives you that flexibility you're talking about. Oh yeah. And if we want to really quick talk about, uh, assisting the rest of your crew supporting them we can go over the other things we haven't gone over we've gone over the rest of the car first up she also has another bonus action called i've got your back uh this appears on other cards in the game that says uh target other engaged friendly model um just place them next to tony hooray If (laughs) (laughs) if you shoot someone out a little bit too far and they're starting to get you know beat down you can just you know tuck them back in next to good old Tony and she'll protect them. And she is definitely going to be protecting them with caught in the ring, which I'm surprised we haven't talked about yet, which is also so good. It says models engaged by this model cannot target other models with attack actions. If they're engaging her, they have to attack her. So good. And this is different than other similar abilities, which says you have to discard a card to target somebody else. I mean, here you don't have the option. Um, and we've got a long ways to go in this podcast, Doug. Uh, but I got to tell you right now, uh, I am shocked that we don't see more talk about Tony um, out there right now. Because having faced her, um, I can tell you uh, she she's tough. And we've got a lot more to talk about. But um, it, uh, it surprises me that we don't hear more talk about her. Because I think she is good. Um, I think she's real good. Now, I don't think she's... Uh, a plug and play master. I think she uh, takes some skill to 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 get through, and she does have her shortcomings, which we'll talk about. But um, my uh, I, I fear I shouldn't say my hope. My fear is that uh, when we get done with this, that we're going to start seeing a lot more of Tony. Um, just don't, just don't do it against me. That's all I ask. All right. So Doug, let's take a quick break. When we get back from the break, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit more about the crew because it's really an integral part um, of this. Um, uh, of this keyword. Uh, she's not st- a standalone master like uh, some are. So uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so during the break, I had to go for a little bit of a walk because I was starting to get triggered. Um, but uh, I'm back and I'm ready, uh, Doug, to uh, talk about, um, you know, t- Tony some more. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some auto hires. Um, so what I've found, Doug, is that for for most keywords out there, you know, you pick your leader, you get your totem for free. And for most uh, keywords, there's at least one, if not two or three models that regardless of the pool, regardless of the uh, opposing faction or opposing leader, you're, you're going to hire these models. So I- I'd like to know, you know, when you declare Tony Ironsides, do, does she automatically come with two or three hires? For me, actually, I don't do that at all. I don't have any set specific list that I like to bring regardless of what happens. The great thing and difficult thing about Ironsides is that she has a lot of options for different situations, but you can't bring them all at once. So what I do is that I wait for the schemes, the strategy, even the deployment, and my opponents to clear faction and leader, and then build off of that. Now, I have pairs of models usually that i like to bring more than that but i got no set specific list well let's talk about one of those pairs so give me a pair and kind of give me an idea of what they do and uh when that when they're going to be called to action uh the biggest pair to me is amina and howard langston now amina which is this is gonna this is gonna tricky you trigger you even more craig is a uh, obey model yeah and along with that, she's got some good support tech, specifically one where she can move a model and give it fast for uh, a little bit of damage. Now, that on top of Howard Langston, who's getting three attacks a turn, is going to blend things really easily. That's exactly what happens. So, you know, mm-hmm. it. Um, for those of you that have uh, listened already to the Hoffman um uh, pot, uh, deep dive that we did. You already know just how good uh, Langston is in this edition. Um, he's he's a little softer than he used to be, um, but man, he is he he didn't lose any of his hitting power, and the hitting power is much more rare in three. So it, it basically upped him, in my opinion. I think that he's a, a stronger beater than he ever was, and yeah, c- c- coupled with Amina, it's it's it's, it's brutal. So when when does when does that dynamic duo come in? Uh, what what are the circumstances of the pools or the opposition that's going to say, all right, I need to bring in uh, good old Howard and Amina? That's usually um, turf war and reckoning for me. So reckoning makes sense. Why turf war? Because you can 
fling things up fast enough to get on your opponent's side of the board, which is yeah. where you definitely want to be in turf war, where even if your stuff dies, they're not flipping over your old um, markers for it. Yeah, that's definitely where you want the engagements to happen. Other than the lure, though, she's doing a lot more than that, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, but the lures, uh, it's not a lure. It is an obey. Don't you or know? Obey. Sorry. Yeah, the obey, <laughs> which sometimes can be a lure because she obeys me into her, into Howard. But yeah, um, but, but other than the obey, what else is uh, is she doing? Well, she has a defensive uh, aura, like we sort of talked before. It says six inches around her models cannot take the attack portion of their charge. So basically, she's kind of hanging out slow there, at least for Beater Cruz. Um, she also has uh, an ability called the Injured Workers Act, which I guess we didn't talk about. It was also on Iron Sights. And that'll say that uh, models within six of her can use their grit ability regardless of how many health they actually have. So um, there are most, I would say, half of her crew has grit abilities. Yeah, about half, a little more than a little more than half. And so uh, Howard, for instance, will get his uh, third attack or third AP for moving, as opposed to needing to remove a uh, scheme marker, which is very, very useful. And like the captain and the union miners will get to dash uh, once they activate. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's very, very useful on the gunsmiths, which we'll get back to uh, later, which gives them uh, free triggers. Hooray. Yeah, and we're not done talking about this, but for those of you keeping track, that's now two six-inch bubbles um, that, that are in play, and it's not the last of these. Um, so uh, the one big thing um, that I think is going to be important to to pull take away from today's episode is uh, Doug was right when he said, you know, she's a bubble master and a bubble keyword, but what you're going to find on the table is it's not, you know, she's going to influence, you know, the middle you know, 10 inches of the board. Um, you're going to find that the, that the sphere of influence of this bubble, uh, because of how many people or how many models are involved in it, um, makes her control just a disgusting amount of the board. <laughs> Quickly go back to a few of the other abilities that Amina helps out. She's got triggers on both of her attacks. She's got sharp wit, so which will hand out slow if she gets engaged. And both the Sharpwit and the Obey have a tone trigger to hand out more adversary. Joyous. Yeah, yeah. It, um, and I think we're, we're starting to see, hear a theme here, aren't we, Doug? Which is, we're going to bring you in, we're going to neuter you, and then we're going to kill you. Yes. It's, it's great. It's so great. Don't you love Arcanus? Yeah, big fan. <laughs> Um, I, I really don't. I mean, I really don't think we need to spend too much time on Langston, uh, just because we covered it uh, pretty in depth on the uh, on the Hoffman podcast. But the big things to take away is uh, that grit ability that was already talked about. Uh, I think one of the biggest things about Howard Langston is that uh, is that is the assassinate and the ability to do the uh, have that assassinate trigger, which can be huge. You've already heard about all of the tests that need to happen. So um, what you're going to find as you're playing Tony is that she's going to drain your hand, uh, which makes um, the assassinate trigger on Howard um, even more powerful. Uh, so let's talk about another dynamic duo. What are, what's another pairing that you like to bring in? Actually, I don't really care that much about the assassinate trigger. Why is that? Because he has an ability called vent steam. Yeah, it's good. And that's actually probably the biggest reason I bring him. Okay. Because you have so many ways to force your opponent to take actions and to move 
into this bubble where they're just taking damage after damage because of the steam. So another reason you bring Amin is you have Amina charge Ironsides, who happens to be sitting within the vent steam bubble. They take a damage for entering the hazardous, they take another damage for that attack, and if they whiff it, they take more damage, or they, they hit it, they take damage from Ironsides. It's yeah. great. It's funny you say that because I often think about the vent steam as a defensive tech for Howard, you know, with the concealing, but uh, that's a good point with that hazardous. Next dynamic duo is the steam fitter and just about any of the versatile mobs you can bring with this uh, faction. They love mecharachnids. They love steam swarms. They even love the soulstone miner. They love Howard. They love the emissary. They love any construct. They're going to go up. They're going to heal it when it needs healing. They can hand out um, shielded and focused for Howard for a pretty easy price. And they can dump out um, scrap markers for either Howard's ability, their ability with the power, with the uh, power tokens or the mechanic's ability to uh, grow an extra limb and start hitting even harder. Yeah. And we learned on that Hoffman deep dive, just how good um, Howard is with those power tokens. But for those that didn't hear the Hoffman deep dive, can we talk about that mechanic? So he's, he's going to eat the scrap marker. He's going to gain a power token. And, and how does Howard use those power tokens? Well, then that makes his assassinate ability a lot easier, his execute ability, sorry, uh, a lot easier because now he can declare the trigger he needs without having the card he needs, uh, unless you really want to bring the, the upgrade that gives him Soulstone use. Right, so he can use the power token to add a suit to, to any flip. Mm-hmm. And normally you can also use it for positive flip, but hopefully you're handing out adversary, so he doesn't necessarily need the positive flips. But if you really want to flip three cards, go ahead. So um, it, you talked about, you know, sometimes there's no no auto brings here. So what makes you decide that uh, the steam fitter is going to make the crew? The steam fitter is going to make the crew if either A, I need it for certain schemes, namely dig their graves and... Um, detonate the charges or if i have a um beater that's a construct that it can use it to heal and to boost up it does have an ability to hand out focus to mnsu but it requires a seven and a tome which is not necessarily the easiest thing to get yeah uh, the one way to prime that is to use its bonus action which lets it discard a card and drop a scrap marker so that when it activates the next turn it can pick it up turn it into a power token then use that power token for that suit Right, right. No, that makes sense. Um, so so I, I don't know if I completely understand. Like, I get dig, dig the Graves, I think, but talk to me how she helps with Detonate. Detonate is a really difficult scheme to do for most masters in the game, but it's actually Ironsides' bread and butter because her two smallest minions do it so easily. The Steam Fader, uh, that bonus action that can put down a scrap marker, can also put down a scheme marker if you so ah, choose. Okay. It matters not where there's other scheme markers on the board or where it's engaged, it just happens. And then the Union Miner can has false claim, which right. will let him dump out two scheme markers three inches away. Right. So the big challenge with detonate for most models out there is that you can't be engaged. You have to do an interact and you have to make sure you're not within four inches of another scheme marker when that scheme marker drops. Both both the miners and uh, the steam fitters get around that uh, with those abilities. Yep. Nice. Very nice. (laughs) So let's talk about some other situationals. Um, Captain is, I'm bringing him specifically if either A, I need someone to run on the other side of the board 
away from the bubble. He's decent. He's decent, independent from the rest of the crew. He does great. The Union Nines is awesome, but he can also be independent. Or if I need him for that bulletproof, which makes shooting so much harder to work in against an Ironside's crew. It's it's really good, but it's a little bit shorter of a distance, which is three inches as opposed to the six with Amina or Fitzsimmons. Right. And um, his ability to to run independently, um, I, I think, just has inherent value with the nature of the rest of the crew. Yeah, he's a very good generalist. And so he yeah. will be able to do what you need him to do. He's not cheap, though. It comes at 10 soul stones. All right. So we talked about the miners. We talked about the steam fitters. Um, is there anything else uh, dropping ski markers for power ritual or, um, you know, or harness the ley line? Who, who else is dropping ski markers? Well, they can use the steam fitter and the union miners for harness the ley lines. They'll do that just great. But anyone can do harness the ley lines. They're very good at detonating the churches. Right. Um, for power ritual, if you want to sort of offset your crew so they're not going up straight the middle, but more of like a one half of the board, um, soulstone miners do a great job. Soulstone miners are really good at a lot of schemes. They're slightly broken, I will admit, but they just do so many things so well. well yeah, luckily they cost 12 stones, which is about what their value is, right? <laughs> or, or maybe they don't. Maybe they don't cost 12 stones. Um, well, if you bring uh, them two. I can't wait to bring in that, that, that FAQ. That FAQ needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> anybody who doesn't, anybody who does not agree with me, just just put your bring out the the uh, Soulstone Miner card, cover the cost of that model, read the entire card, and then move your thumb and look at the cost of the model. And th- there's nothing left to discuss. But uh, yeah, I can see that. Um, they really actually their value goes up a good bit here, Doug, um, because, again, and we kind of touched on with the captain, um, you know, she she likes things close. So if she can have something durable like a soulstone miner that gives that flexibility to go, you know, outside of that bubble and, and be effective, um, I could I could definitely see we're bringing them in as smart. Yeah. And the depending st- on the pool, though, to your point. <laughs> yeah. And the soulstones don't hurt either. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, how is, have you found yourself hiring Tony with other leaders? Um, I haven't really played other leaders. Oh, okay. That makes that easy. <laughs> but, but theoretically, I mean, how would she run without her crew? She would be- well, like, what's her leader only ability? Does she have one? No. Oh, okay. Well that helps. So that, so, um, I'm trying to think though, cause I haven't seen her hired either. Maybe there's a reason for that. Um, you know, she could be viable into Hoffman, I believe just because yeah. she shared, two, she shares two models with them. Right. So she can be there to actually give out that uh, unionized to Howard. If you want to bring Tony and Howard, that's a lot of, that's a lot of pain. Yeah, no, I could see that too. And you know, with, with, with uh, Hoffman being a definitely a control support, having having her bring the pain and her ability to synergize with some of those uh, other constructs that he's using, I could see that. Um, the problem with that, though, is that uh, there's so many good just in in keyword enforcers and henchmen and minions with with uh, with Hoffman that you may, that you may not want to do that. Um, have you ever looked and um, said, you know what, there there is an like. Is there anybody you would hire into uh, Ironsides or she's similar to Hoffman where she's got, she's already has a plethora of effective choices. So there's really not a reason to dip into another master. Well, we kind of touched on it before, but every time you're bringing in a model that doesn't have the MNSU here, that's one fewer 
models that's going to carry that unionized bubble. So yeah. you want to be really cautious with what you're bringing in. And uh, Master is a whole bucket load of Soulstones that could be two or three other models. But I have gotten use out of her with Colette. Oh, okay. Mostly because it's pretty obvious. Presto Changeo just teleporting Ironsides into the middle of your opponent's crew. Just, it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds good. Plus, she could be your flanker, right? So she could pop out there and be your be your scheme runner. Yep. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Um, how about, I mean, there's already, I already know the answer to one of these. So I already know one upgrade that some, I don't know where you're putting the, putting up the Soulstone upgrade, but it's going on something because uh, it's just too good not to. I mean, who who do you put um, the, uh, the the Soulstone, I forget the name of magical it. What's the training? Soulstone upgrade? Magical training. Who gets magical training in uh, her crew? Um, the, I guess, uh, common wisdom is you put it on the Soulstone there. Um, I mean, right. it's, 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 I will say it's pretty hard not to bring them, but I also find that that's at that point, eight soul stones they're using to do really nothing for a lot of the game. Yep. Half the time. I actually prefer that on, um, gunsmiths. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the gunsmiths. Yeah. We haven't talked about the gunsmiths. Gunsmiths are your, uh, basically your only range threat option in the keyword, but they have, uh, quite a bit going for them that makes them very useful. They're a cost of eight, and I think it's really worth it. Um, eight wounds. Oh, sorry. Seven wounds. Sorry. Uh, hard to kill, um, but they're just so much for offense. Uh, easy targets as if they're not, if your target's not getting cover or concealment, you're getting positive flips to the attack. Uh, their grit ability says uh, uh, when you declare an attack action, you just add a suit of your choice to the dual toe. And when we're looking at their uh, firearm attack on the back, they have puncture. Yep. And all the other suits are great, but like, there's no reason not to take puncture if, unless you need the other one specifically. And What's so, the damage track on that gun? Two, four, five. Yeah, so there's a big jump there. Yeah, so you really want that positive. And if you luck into another ram or you get an additional ram, that's that's a double positive. That's also negating yep. uh, your hard to wound. But they also have armor piercing. And uh, quick reflexes lets them take another uh, attack targeting a different model. And it doesn't say enemy model. So I've actually used quick reflexes on occasion to shoot iron sights. And what benefit does that give you? She gets an adrenaline token. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that, that defensive trigger doesn't care where the attack is coming from. You can make sure it misses. Yeah, I was about to say, it's after resolving, so take a shot, you know, cheat low when you need to get rid of a, a crap card in your hand, and um, she gets her adrenaline, so that makes sense mm-hmm. to me. Um, yeah, I, I've gone against those gunsmiths in, in two different crews, and um, they, they are a legit threat for their price. Um, they're not that hard to bring down, but you got to get to them. Um, but uh, if you if you ignore them, you're that's at your peril. Oh, yeah. And that's also why I bring the magical train because you're getting use out of that shield and you're getting use out of that counter spell. It makes them a lot more survivable. So we talked about magical training. Is there any other of the Arcanist um, upgrades that you're putting anywhere? Uh, actually, there is one other upgrade that I bring more than I bring Soulstone that I bring uh, magical training. And that is diesel engine. And I'm genuinely surprised not more people are lamenting the existence of this upgrade. Okay, diesel engine has to go on a construct. It has sputtering exhaust, which says models within two inches of this model have concealment. That's good. 
Oh yeah, that's it's good just for that. Yeah. But also they gain charge through that says uh, damage flips from charges gain a positive, which is really abusable with a certain model I love to bring. And if they're minions, they get a three inch movement um, once they activate it. But that exhaust is crucial unless you're bringing Howard. Ironside does not have a lot of range threat. She's got to move up and then drag you in before she can really start attacking. So getting like a uh, Mecharachnid or an Emissary or a Spider Swarm with this upgrade means that the entire bubble of Ironside suddenly has concealment and they're a lot harder to hit. Now you're on negative flips to hit them and they're in positive flips to resist it. It's, It's disgusting. Yeah, so if you thought you were going to just bring a bunch of projectile attacks um, to to solve the the Tony problem, um, this could throw a wrench into that. It just it makes you so inefficient. Yeah, I would consider it necessary in her crew. I don't necessarily, I have, don't have models I always bring, but I'm always bringing diesel engine. So, is there any other models, um, Doug, that 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 you are have been getting use uh, use out of that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah. Um, there are a lot. I've been trying to go through absolutely everything that could possibly work well with her. So I have a quite a long list. Um, the model I bring the most, probably tied with Amina, is actually the Arcane Emissary. Oh, interesting. Yes. And we already talked about it. I love putting Diesel Engine on him. And he's the model that it's really abusable with because he can charge more than once a turn. Right. He also has a two-inch reach, which means even if he's engaging something, they're usually not engaging him. And he can charge zero inches for that positive flip. Yep. Also, also, if you get inside the concealment, he has negation aura, which says you have to discard a card to cheat in that aura. So I like to use him, one, to either support the bubble, or as I kind of talked about before, what I did with Captain, is I like to run him on the other side of the board because he's very, very independent and he's crazy fast. Yep. Yeah, he could bring that bring that outside threat. Yep. And he has he's just got a lot of really good triggers and a uh, severe damage of six. So you're getting a lot of use of that. Yeah, I think I think I'm finding Doug that the the almost all the emissaries are are pretty solid solid models in this edition. Um, I don't think any of them are stupid. I don't think any of them are uh, auto includes. Um, but everyone that I've come across now, um, they're worth their price. Um, you get value out of them. I'm also seeing that really with the riders. So speaking of which, uh, does the rider ever play a role? Yes. Um, also, yet another another carrier for diesel engine yep. array constructs. Uh, Rider is quite expensive and doesn't put out a lot of hits, so you need to bring other stuff to do the hitting for you. But Ironsides has a lot of... She doesn't have one particular suit. The MNSU doesn't have one particular suit that it absolutely needs over all the others. So you're getting pretty much use out of anything you get from the Rider. Um, you always... Tomes are always good because that's more adrenaline for Ironsides. Masks are great because Amina no longer needs to stone or have the high mask mm-hmm. and the captain can use his defensive trigger. Um, there's two instances of injured in the crew. Both Tony and the gunsmiths can do that. But there was another thing that uh, the vent steam is really useful for because that place will also trigger the uh, hazardous terrain. And you can also place that model almost eight inches from where it was. Wow, that's so good. That's so yeah. good. So for those people that aren't familiar with um, uh, how the emissary is handing out suits, can we talk about that real quick? Or rider, I'm sorry. All the riders have this 
um, bonus action that lets them do special stuff to determine, depending on the number of suits they have. So the mechanical rider, unlike the other three, is not really a, f- a beater, mm-hmm. per se. It doesn't hit really hard. Um, it's like a two, four, five damage track, but there's nothing terribly special about it. But the first bonus action, the one you're probably going to be using the most is on three tomes. And that says discard a card and every friendly model within six inches gets that suit for all of their actions. That's so good. It really is. And it's, it's relatively cheap. And if you like are crazy and absolutely need that on turn one, you can actually cheese it with the uh, Soulstone cash upgrade. Oh yeah. Good point. Good point. And it, um, the one thing to keep in mind for those of you who have not done, uh, used any of the riders yet, they're accumulating, um, those tokens pretty quick because you get the token at the beginning of every turn for the turn number you're in. So by the beginning of turn two, you've got three of them. Uh, one from turn one and two from turn two. And for a lot of the riders, are not going to use them yet. So suddenly you get into turn three and you've got six of them. Um, so I've noticed with the dead rider that, um, it, you know, it's not as hard as it used to be to kind of power them up um, and charge them up. So, uh, Doug, before we move on and talk about uh, other things, uh, I want to make sure that we cover. You said you have a long list here. What are some other common hires for Tony? Um, all the versatiles have use amongst her. Um, even the little, uh, excuse me, steamer arachnid is useful because most of her crew relies on defensive attacks. And so even that little bit of putting that model to minus one defense is really useful. Uh, you choose between the mech arachnid and the swarm, depending on if you want a bunch of attacks, mm-hmm. which the swarm can put out, or just ignoring most offensive tech, which the mech arachnid can do. We talked about the soulstone monitor, saboteurs, uh, are also pretty useful. Surprisingly enough, I mostly bring them for anti-armor. Okay. Um, their knife has a trigger on it called No Witnesses that's built in that says uh, if no other model can see this model, the saboteur, besides the one that's attacking, no enemy model specifically, then they gain plus one to their damage and they ignore armor. It's actually pretty easy to get off because for a lot of models, you can just use them to block line of sight. Mm-hmm. They're also pretty decent schemers and counter schemers. They have an ability to blow up skin scheme markers, kind of making it really tough for your opponent to, sc- to score scheme-related schemes. What's the, what's the uh, range on that blow-up? I believe it is 12. I will double-check. Okay, it's, it's the arson is a uh, 10-inch range, yeah, that's, which is still uh, yeah. pretty significant. Oh, that's huge. To be able to remove scheme markers at a 10-inch, a 10-inch range is a big deal in this game, uh, just because there's so many... So many schemes um, where scoring is, you know, spreading around uh, scheme markers at different places, harness the ley lines, search the ruins, uh, power ritual. And if you remove just one scheme marker um, and to have that 10 inch range, you can you can deny the entire point. Um, so that that's very powerful. Yeah. And they turned it into a shockwave. So bonus damage. Hooray. Oh, yeah. But that almost seems like a side effect, right? At, um, just that uh, 10 inch removal is just good. Next on the list. Joss. Joss is a decent bring. And there's not a lot of uh, Ruthless in the Arcanist, so um, he's a decent bring. Also, he's a construct, so you can use your Steam Fitters to help him out. As well as uh, the mecha- uh, the medical automatons, I really wish were MNSU. I don't see how they really fit in with Hoffman, but they're so much more useful with your crew, because you're all living. Yeah. Every MNSU model is living. 
And because you're bubbled up, that met, the, their ability to heal very easily and also just heal off of your activation is a lot more useful. Well, they have bedside manner too, don't they? Yes. Yeah, and that that's a great ability. Willy is fun for <laughs> ski marker shenanigans. You can pump out a ton of ski markers with Union Miners, and then Willy can put up his um, uh, detonate charges ability. Yep. Uh, some, something like that, and. If the enemy model moves onto those that entire fat stack, all of them will go off at once. Well, and luckily, luckily you don't have an obey in the crew, right? <laughs> yeah, or, or, or a lure, right? Neither of those. Yeah, that could that could um, be yucky. Also, he's additional bring for like if you really need blown apart. You actually have a decent amount of uh, destructible terrain removal with your union miners and the soulstone miners, but uh, not more of it. It will never hurt. Um, the other two I can, uh, real quick, I only have two more. <laughs> um, Envy. Uh, I just remembered that Envy's a construct this edition. Stupidly, I only remember him from second edition where he wasn't a construct, mm-hmm. so I just kind of passed him off, but I was rereading the cards. I was like, oh, he's a construct. He'd be great to hold diesel engine. And he's size three, yep. and he's got a decent range of attack, so you can actually sit in the middle of your bubble keeping things concealing, and he can still make attacks. Yeah, no, Envy's good this edition. And lastly, um, Cassandra. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Cassandra, because that means you don't actually have to activate Ironsides early to get that intimidation off. Oh, right. Yes. So you get that intimidation off early, and then you could possibly do it again with Ironsides if you really want to screw with your opponent. But that's such a good ability and the fact that you can... And you want to activate Cassandra early. Anyways, because you got to put up her defense right. ability. Yeah. So why not just intimidation six inches out, putting out a bunch of adversary, and you can also get an extra attack from her off too if you hit the right triggers. Uh, what can you declare triggers with? Oh, no, you can de- you can declare triggers with with upstage. Yeah. So you, you can even give her adrenaline if you really want to. That's cool. That's cool. Well, boy, it sounds like um, you know she's got a lot of options, which is neat. I mean, up to this point, Doug, where I've heard so much about you know core crew, core crew, um, but it sounds like not only does Tony have a bit of a toolbox ability with the adrenaline mechanic, but it sounds like she has quite a large hiring pool, uh, which allows you to really kind of cater. Uh, that crew building to uh, the situation at hand, which uh, I think can, can bring a lot of safety when you're not quite sure what your opponent's going to declare. Mm-hmm. So you've declared Arcanist, your opponent declares Rezzer, and there's a big difference between Molly and Yen Lo. And uh, by you declaring Tony, you know, you can do some some catering and say, you know what, I need anti-armor. <clears throat> in my hiring because Yan Lowe's coming in or, um, you know, I'm going to need something else because of Molly. Um, so that's very helpful. Um, Doug, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and I want to talk a little bit about what strategies and schemes you find uh, Tony good in. We'll be right back.
Howdy friends, Craig here. With 3rd Edition Malifaux released, it's time for you to get a new mat with new deployment zones. We've tried every mat in the business and nobody has better quality and selection than mats by Mars. They're waterproof and they roll and unroll easily and they're even wet erase Marco compatible. They offer over 35 designs and let you add M3E overlays for making deployment and positioning a breeze. Check them out at matsbymars.com. They are offering a sweet discount for our listeners. After you found the perfect mat, use the promo code THIRDFLOOR to get 10% off your entire order. If you really want to support us in the notes of your order, request that our logo be put in the corner of your mat. It's the only way to make the best mat in the business even cooler. Again, that's Matt by Mars. Use the promo code THIRDFLOOR to get a 10% discount. Details are in the show notes. So how much are three or four of these episodes worth to you a month? Third Floor Wars has a Patreon, and if you think they're worth a dollar, five dollars, twenty dollars a month, swing by and become a patron. We have polls to decide the next episode of the pod, along with early releases of articles and podcasts. Everything we release goes out to everyone, but sometimes our patrons get a head start. The link is in the show notes, or just search for Third Floor Wars on Patreon.com. Thanks for the support. Hey, before we jump back in, a quick shout out to some of our newest patrons. I want to give a big thanks to Alan Volts, Wes Hurt, Graham Steele, Brian Schooner, Lionel Mason, James Thompson, John Aker, Kylie Woodland, Alan Brown, and Jason Burry. We really appreciate you guys jumping on and helping us out. So what'll be interesting for me in this next segment is to understand, you know, with with the flexibility that Doug's talked about with Tony, I, I'd be really interested to see, you know, what is the pool um, that that makes makes you really think that uh, Tony's going to excel. So, so Doug, what which are the four strategies? Is there one or two strategies that you find um, that uh, Ironsides just really excels in? Well, first, I think the most obvious one is reckoning more than anything else. Primarily because Tony's bubble can't move terribly fast if you want to keep things safe and alive. So the fact that it's the only strategy out there that doesn't really care where you're positioned. Right. So you can set when you engage and when your opponent has to deal with you. I think she's relatively okay in both Turf War and Corrupted Owls. I say Turf War slightly better because it still involves killing, which she's quite good at. Yep. But idols as well because you can set your offset your bubble from the center to a side and that's the side that you're going to push really hard to get idols on of uh, some other people have talked about this is that you save those high cards so that you can determine where the idol goes so if the idol keeps popping up in the same side the bubble is your opponent is going to have to deal with iron sides and it's not a good thing for them yeah and i would imagine it would be idols in standard or wedge that you would really want her right so so that that center line and that eight inches from the board edge is closer to the middle um than versus say a flank or a a corner um though i i you know that bubble you you have to see it in action guys when when how big this bubble really is um uh so that makes sense how about on the scheme front so we already talked about detonate the charges or her bread and butter you've hinted that harness the ley line is something that she can, uh, you know, handle uh, pretty effectively. Dig their graves. 
Is there any other schemes that uh, that crew does a good job with? Claim jump. No, oh, sure. Claim jump, might, claim jump might actually be the easiest one. To be perfectly honest, I cheese it with Soulstone Miner. But the thing is, is that Ironsides can set her bubble in the center of the board and deny your opponent from anywhere getting anywhere close. And if they do, if they manage to get close enough to that center to deny claim jump, that's also good for you because that means their models are in the middle of your bubble just getting stomped on. Yeah, they got to survive that turn, right? If they're going to deny that claim jump. So you just pop your Soulstone Miner up at the very end of the turn, get the score, and then just bury them until the end of the game. That makes sense. How about denial? Um, is there any strategies that she denies? Um, uh, you know, obviously we already kind of talked about it a little bit um, with uh, with uh, corrupted idols and um, turf war, but I'm just trying to think like. They a relatively hardy crew, um, though she's bringing a lot of points for reckoning. A, uh, mm-hmm. You know, Howard's worth some points. Um, you're already talking about there's three potential henchmen that she's bringing into the crew. How about on the scheme front, though? What is she denying scheme wise? If I'm facing Tony, what should I not pick for my scheme? You should not. <laughs> you should not pick harness the ley lines first of all, right? She's got a lot of stuff that's going to blow up or just remove those scheme markers. Besides the saboteurs, you have Fitzsimmons that has the exact same ability, as well as the gunsmiths that have uh, target practice. You know, we haven't talked about Fitzsimmons, and he he's he's a legit model. Can we talk about him real quick? Yeah, let's talk about Fitz. I love Fitz because Fitz will just he's just such a salty old jerk. And he passed that saltiness along to your models, and he has a bubble of six inches saying, reduce damage by one. It's basically armor, but it doesn't get ignored like armor does. And if you happen to be low on wounds, down down to half or more, you gain hard to wound. Yeah, it's, um, he's a pain in the ass. (laughs) Another six inch bubble. Um, Yay! And he also brings he brings that arson along, yeah. so he's blowing up at distance. Uh, he can force discards from your pony, has a little bit of card draw, and as well, a decent attack. Just a built-in positive flip to it and a 2-3-4. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, it's one of those things, Doug, that you read, right? And that, that reduce one damage thing, um, you read it and go, oh, that seems pretty good. But um, when you realize that's a 12, 13-inch bubble, um, and everybody's taking advantage of it. It um, it's a lot bigger on the table than it might read at first. Um, I, I faced him a few times, and he 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 frustrates me. <laughs> I think that was the intent. Yeah, yeah, and it's because of the nature of of how Tony works. You know, very often if there's a model out there that's going to frustrate me, I say, well, you know, he he goes high on the uh, you know the target priority list, and we're going to take him out, but. He's often right near Tony, and which means you know, I don't know if I want to get in there, right? I don't know if I want to be a part of that. And even if I if he's, if he's next to Tony, my ability to hit him because of Tony's shenanigans goes way down. Um, so it's it, it's a true true challenge. Um, so Doug, what I want to do is um, we're going to take another quick break, and when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about second level play, and then my favorite segment: I want to learn how to beat Tony. So we'll be right back. Howdy folks, Craig here. Now, if you love gadgets as much as we do, you're going to love the new Third Floor Wars Gadget Bundle from Schooner Labs. Branded with the logo of your favorite podcast, it comes with two measuring multi-tools, 
a compass stepper for those tight and important movements, along with a compact dashboard to track your turn, strat, and scheme scoring along with your soul stones and pass tokens. It is the perfect bundle for anyone who plays Malifaux or just wants to look cool while doing it. The link is in the show notes. Check them out and help support your favorite gaming podcast. So, Doug, one of the things that I'm finding and uh, we're seeing a lot as we do these deep dives is, you know, each keyword has its obvious strengths. Um, you read the cards and you go, OK, you know, I, I know what this does. You know, you, you read Colette's card and read about her crew and you see what uh, stuff she does. You read Karis. It's pretty obvious what she does. You read Tony and it's pretty obvious what she does. But what we're also finding is that after you get 5, 10, 15 games in with a crew, there tends to be kind of this hidden layer, something that the beginner's not going to notice and that you're only going to really discover is either a strength or a weakness once you've played several games. So what do you consider kind of that second level with Tony? Well, we've kind of already covered that a bit, and that's making good use of the versatile and non-versatile models in the Arcanists. Um, she makes a good main bubble game, but the bubble isn't going to cover the entire of the board so we really need to do is figure out what is good when and when to bring it that's not in her crew it sounds like too that you could make a mistake because there's a lot of tempting things to make that bubble bigger and stronger and it sounds to me like you could make the mistake of doubling tripling quadrupling down on that bubble and then being left with nothing to score points with uh so i think that's a, I thought that's a good insight doug I think another realization is that, oh, uh, Tony's got is this great beard, put out a lot of damage, has great defensive trigger, but you need to make her a huge pain for your opponent. They're not going to do it for you. They're right. going to figure find out that trigger's really painful, and they're just trying to avoid her, and you need to put her into them as fast as possible and just wreck face. You need to be not be afraid to lose her either. Yeah. She can go to turn five, great, but that's not necessarily a good thing because if she's not taking down your opponents or like holding them up, she not might you might not be getting a ton of use out of her. So don't be afraid to lose iron sights if you really need to. That's really interesting, Doug, because you know we all, I, I ask people all the time, you know, how often is this leader or this model making it to turn five? But with Tony, if she's making it to turn five, it's because either a she survived after just getting you know, piled on, or the opponent did a great job of saying, I'm not going to play Tony's game. And so maybe she spent all of her time, you know, twiddling her thumbs. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think um, it, I, that's, I like that advice, Doug. I think that's good to say, you know, you got to put her in danger because when she's in danger is when she's going to do the most damage. Yeah. Or had the bigger impact, I should say. Um, Definitely. So, yeah, that I like that a lot. All right. So now um, the part we've all been waiting for. Uh, what is Tony Ironsides afraid of? Oh, you'll be happy to know there's plenty of things that she doesn't want to see across the board from her. Uh, first and foremost, and probably the most obvious, is the stunned condition. Oh, right. Uh, I think. 
across the board, the Arcanists just hate that. I, th- I don't think very many models like it very much, but uh, Stun will turn off her defensive triggers and will get rid of her triggers that give her adrenaline, so you're basically just sapping out all of her good stuff. Now, she can use her uh, bonus action to clear that with two adrenaline tokens, but that also means that she's not getting the extra action, Yep, and you can just put it back onto her to remove that defensive trigger. As well along that, I mean, if we're just talking about just beating up Ironsides herself, um, things that don't target her defense, willpower attacks, um, especially like movement duels, yep. uh, she really doesn't like because she's not getting positive flips to that. Um, blasts and shockwaves, despite like Fitzsimmons and the captain reducing that damage, you're still forcing a lot of small bits of damage onto the crew, and you're hitting a lot of crew with those, a lot of the crew with those blasts and shockwaves. And and tapping her and and putting pressure on her resources, her cards and things. Uh, the other thing, I guess, would be pulling the bubble apart. Um, some crews have more access to this than others, but you can move iron sights, and if you just push her out of the way, she's not going to be uh, putting a lot of pressure on your opponent. That's something. That, what's one of the biggest things I worry about mostly is if she gets into a bunch of the enemy models and they just push her away, or they push themselves away too. Yeah. Uh, the, the last thing, and this is kind of hard to do, you need to ignore her. Yep. Ironsides is supposed to be taking a lot of the focus, a lot of the damage from your opponent. The rest of her stuff, despite all those positive flips, are just relatively squishy. And if you can just circumvent her and start attacking her support, or just scheming around her, taking the stuff that lets you go around the edge of the board, it's going to be kind of hard for a crew to catch up to you. Yeah, I think attacking her, and I figured this out, after getting my ass kicked several times, attacking her from the outside in, um, which is essentially what you're talking about, which is get rid of the support and work your way into her, um, I think is really good. And one thing that I have found is key, Doug, with the, you know, avoid her, a lot of that comes down to to your scheme selection. Um, so I think you have to be especially smart when you're deciding on schemes. Now, there's some obvious stuff you're not going to take. You talked about it a lot of the uh, scheme marker based stuff you got to watch out for unless you're going to, you know, get rid of those threats. Um, I think power ritual is doable against her, but you have to be ready to kill any of that range scheme marker removal that's going to come at it, um, which means they will be likely outside of the bubble. Um, so they, they might be vulnerable, but, you know, and obvious things like assassinate is probably a bad choice. Um, but, um, you know, there's other things that I think that you can do. Um, one of them being deliver the message. Um, you know, there's things that, that you can take that uh, allow you to score points without playing the game Tony wants you to play. Now, you need to be a little bit careful with deliver a message just because uh, she likes having friendlies around her. And if you're in their engagement, you still can't take that interact. But you have usually around four rounds to get it off. So it's quite doable. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't think about that. So it's not as good as I thought it was because uh, I was thinking, you, you know, if she's going to be pulling me in and stuff. But uh, yeah, oh, God, she's so good. She's so good. I really don't, Doug. I don't understand how she's not being played more. Um, and maybe I'm, you know, just because I'm a bad player, she seems good, but I think, I just think she's good. Um, well, Doug, that, that, I think this has been very interesting. I think it, um, it, uh, I think helps reveal, um, 
really the hidden power that I've noticed in Tony. Um, and I'd be interested to uh, see whether everybody else out there um, is finding that as well. Like I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the podcast, she's just not talked about as much as I really thought she was. I've, I've, uh, played against her three or four times now. And, you know, by the fourth time I played her, I've gotten a better sense of how to not get my butt handed to me by her. Um, but um, she's got play uh, this edition. So for the Steam Powered Scoundrels uh, podcast, for Doug, for the people that don't listen to that, can we give a little bit of a, a pitch on why they should be uh, subscribing and listening to your uh, podcast? Well, I will warn uh, you right ahead of time. It is nothing like Craig's glorious uh, information <laughs> on how to play the game. Uh, Steam Powered Scoundrels is mostly about people talking about the fluff and the fun, weird things we get to have with the game. Um, kind of a couple different formats. Um, Steam Powered Scoundrels being the long form, we'll usually take a large topic and we'll discuss and make lots and lots of jokes and get off topic. And it's a, a lot about people having fun. I started the podcast to have fun. And at the time I realized that there was a lot of stuff on how to play the game, but also just sort of the culture and the story behind it was not really being dug into. And it's yep. such a great universe and such a great story. And that's really the reason why I stuck around with it so long. And I don't plan on getting out of it anytime soon. I just love the story and the setting. And it's amazing as weird that people are talking about it more often. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, I couldn't agree more, Doug. It, um, it, uh, you know, we focus obviously on my podcast, we focus more on the competitive side of things. Um, it was, but the fluff is so good. And, uh, you guys, I think what's, what I love about your uh, show is that it, it's truly unique and it's its own thing. Uh, there's not a ton of overlap with other podcasts that were out there in two and definitely not uh, out of the handful of, you know, that are putting out stuff in three. Um, it's a real good time. You get a ton of laughs. You have some great guests. Um, and, uh, you guys talk about frankly stuff I don't talk about. Um, so I think that, um, anybody who enjoys, you know, the game for more than the stuff that I tend to talk about on tabletop talk, um, it, it's a good lesson. Um, I guarantee you're going to laugh. Uh, I guarantee you're going to enjoy yourself. Uh, there is some good tactical competitive stuff that comes out of the podcast. So uh, Doug is underselling that a little bit. It does come out, but, uh, the, the fluffy part of it is, is, is really what I enjoy the most. Um, it, it's a good show, man. Oh, Craig, you're making me blush. <laughs> That's good. It's good. It's, it's, it's really your wife that makes it good. It's not you, but, um, uh, yeah, I will, I will, I will fully admit that. <laughs> hey, look, we have a girl. <laughs> yeah. No, you, the, the, uh, you guys over the years now have really, um, have gotten, you guys play each other off each other really, uh, really well. Um, and guys, you can also find Doug on a weird place all the time. Um, he, he's on there. And, uh, if you're in the central conference, obviously, uh, you can lose to his talk. Tony, um, at any point in time as well. Um, so Doug, I really appreciate you making the time to, uh, uh, help us learn about, uh, Tony Ironsides. Hey, glad I can help. Thanks to everybody for listening. Have a good day. Be sure to check out our shop on thirdfloorwars.com for the latest gaming apparel and gear. While you're there, check out how the USFO Tour is shaping up. How does your conference compare to the others in the United States? Where do you rank nationally? Get those models built, painted, and on the table so we can see you at the U.S. Masters Invitational in October of 2020. Also, rate and write a review on this podcast for us. It really helps us find people almost as cool as you are. Thanks for listening. Howdy friend, Craig here. Is this episode making you realize you need to buy some models? 
Gadzooks Gaming is my favorite online retailer because of their large selection, killer prices, and great customer service. Don't you hate buying an entire crew box when you only need one model? Gadzooks sells crew box models individually and saves you a ton of money. They even have free shipping to the U.S. and Canada if you spend $100 or more. Swing by gadzooksgaming.com and make sure you tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. All the details are in the show notes. Uh, the Schemes and Sound- Scoundrels podcast. For people that are not already subscribed to that podcast, what um, or Steam Powered Scoundrels, uh, what? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let's try that again. So, Doug, for no, those- no. <laughs> Keep it in. No. I've been making that joke since, since day one, as I love combining me and Kyle Bode oh, against God. The, as the, the Scheme Powered Scoundrels. Yeah, I don't know where that fucking came from. We'll listen to your podcast too much. Um, <laughs> You know, afterwards, we're like, shit, how do we not talk about X or why didn't we bring up Y? Yeah, I'm already looking at Neil Henry and Mouse. We never yeah, discussed that. But you know what? It's, it, it, I don't want these to be just an encyclopedia. Yeah. Right. Yep. You can go yeah. you can go read the fucking card. Yep, I can definitely see that. And you, uh, if need be, can use uh, use a stone to get that puncture. Uh, medical training does not give you the ability to use soul stones. Oh, which one am I thinking of? Soul stone cash. Ah, shit. Okay. All right. We'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I missed the chance for a pun there. I feel bad. I was going to ask you if you found her intimidating. Oh, Christ. All right. You ready, my friend? Um, <clears throat> yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. 